0: Here at the Downer Law Firm, we have over 40 years of experience handling personal injury claims such as car accidents, truck accidents, workers' compensation, even wrongful death. So if you're injured, give us a call. We've got you covered.
1: everyone, and welcome to episode number 5 of the 704 High School Highlight. My name is Jeff Taylor, I am the Sports Director at Bay Heckle Sports. Glad to have you along for this episode and as usual we've taken it on the road instead of the studios. And Today we're at Providence Day we're going to talk to the basketball coaches, we're going to talk to the football coach, talk about Providence Day all the success they've had, and what the future looks like as we uh, go into the second half of the basketball season, or near the end of the basketball season. we got Coach Greger here also, we're going to talk a little about football. So, let me get started with this. I'm going to start with you Coach. Just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Your little bit of your journey, um, and and what got you to here.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jeff, for having us. Always a pleasure. Uh, grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin, and. Uh Big Packer fan, big Wisconsin Badger fan. My first coaching opportunity was with my dad, Joe Springer, at a junior college. We had no basketballs, no players, and no uniforms. It got better from there. And uh, (laughs) I coached collegiately for seven years, junior college, Division I, Division II, Division III, and have been blessed to be here at PD for the last 16 years.
1: We mentioned ODAC before we got started, so. Went to Randolph-Megan. Y'all heard Randolph-Megan? Oh, yeah. So, anyway, Absolutely. good division. Yeah. I played football. So, I was a place kicker, though. <laughs> so, it's a little uh, – <laughs> people give me a hard time about that, but I still say college uh, college football. Coach, what about yourself?
2: Uh, I am uh, from uh, Somerset, New Jersey. Uh, born uh, born there, raised there. Uh, Went to college in Florida, a place called Barry University. and mm-hmm. Played there and uh, had a good career there. And uh, I think for a little while held the all-time leading scoring record there. And uh, some kid, I think, a year or two came – Came up and stole that from me, but um, I started coaching there in uh, 1994 was my first year as a high school head coach, and this is my 26th year doing that, mixed in with some uh, some college uh, coaching, I an assistant at the University of Georgia and uh, Marist College, and uh, also my alma mater, Barry University, and was also an assistant at Binghamton University in New York, and so kind of been around a little bit, and uh, so excited to be here. It's my second year at, uh, at PD, and so yeah, excited to be here. Coach
1: Greer?
3: Born and raised in Charlotte, um, spend uh, uh, most of my life here. Really, outside of college and three years in Charleston, I was about 25 years in business, mostly IT related uh, fields. And um, this would be my 13th year as a head coach. Uh, be the, my seventh year where I just coach. I mean, I was business and coaching for a while. Um, not nearly as prolific as these guys. Uh, <laughs> I do have a record. You know, Coach Johnson's record for most. Points. I guess my record was most consecutive quarters wearing a baseball hat at East Carolina, <laughs> <laughs> which is not uh, conducive to it. a professional career. <laughs> right. So, uh, but it was. I did learn a lot. So from some really smart coaches, but uh, and made a lot of great friends.
1: <laughs> so obviously, a lot of success around the table here. Let me ask you guys this also back with Coach Greer. What drew you to Providence Day? What is it about the school that's so special? I have a little unique
3: perspective growing
1: up in Charlotte.
3: And um, I went to uh, – my, my, like my whole family, so my parents went to Harding, aunts and uncles at East, Independence. My mom taught at South, South Mec for you know forever. Retired from South Mec, became a full-time sub at uh, Myers Park. Um, but my junior year I went to Charlotte Latin, and uh, much to my mother's chagrin, but uh, it was a great experience for me. Uh, really good people over there. But even at Latin, I had really good friends here at Providence Day. And, um, you know, is. I think God's hand's kind of been on my, my career and this journey as a coach. Um, felt led to go to Charleston after we had some some good times at Davidson Day, some great things happened with kids there. End up in Charleston. I'm never leaving the beach. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> happy as I've ever been, and uh, life is good. Uh, I was at a great school with a great principal, great kids. Literally could walk to Sullivan's Island. I mean, I'm, I'm done. And, um, you know, uh, – God you tell God you got life figured out, he tends to tell you he's got something. He's else gonna for switch you. your plans a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I've been blessed with a, a now three year old. I've been at PD three years, he so could probably do that math. Um so wanna raise my youngest son Hank around family. So now and I came back to Charlotte, but we wouldn't have come back for really anything other than Providence Day. I mean my perspective on this place was it always was very intentionally inclusive, um, of thought, of idea, of culture, of creed, of everything. And uh, that's the kind of environment I want to raise my son. in. Uh, the academics speak for themselves, but it's it's the sense of community and family here that I think is so unique. Coach?
2: Yeah, I think similar to Chad, I think the thing that brought me here was uh, kind of what Providence Day stands for. Um, I think uh, being in the area that a couple of other schools, Davidson Day being one of them, um, I think um, you know you you know about Providence Day. you've heard a lot about it. Uh, you know we come here to play against Providence Day. and so, you know the Bus would pull up. You get off. You go in the gym, and then that's it. But uh, when I was asked to come and talk to them about the position here, you get a chance to really get on campus and, and meet folks. And um, um, and everybody I talked to uh, was you know, very positive about uh, their experience here at Providence Day. And, and um, yeah, I've I just I've had a great experience. Met a I've met a lot of good people. And there's some you know fabulous coaches here on campus. And so uh, so yeah, it been great. It's been really good.
0: Coach. <laughs> Well, I was coaching collegiately for eight years and wasn't necessarily looking to leave that but if I was going to leave that avenue I wanted to go somewhere where we could compete for championships where we could help kids uh, sign scholarships coach Greer our soccer coach Dan Dudley they just got done having a signing today we just had 10 plus more student athletes signed today and so we looked into it as a family and my wife's a fourth grade teacher here my two boys go to school here It's an outstanding family atmosphere. And I know everybody gets caught up in the buildings. We got the best football stadium in America. We got the best basketball arena in America. We got a brand new academic center there. And all of that is exciting, but truly what got me here and what's kept me here are the people. I mean, our band teachers, they're the best at what they do. Our science teachers, they're the best at what they do. Our coaches, these guys right here, they're the best at what they do. And it starts right at the top dr glenn Kalishaw, he's been here over a decade and he's passionate about us being champions in the classroom in the arts in athletics and doing all of those things not just one of those things and then obviously nancy Beatty, our athletic director has been here over a decade a former college basketball coach a former state championship women's basketball coach and so the leadership on our campus is outstanding and i think that fosters great coaches great student athletes, great families, and so I always say the buildings are flashy, but what keeps people here 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and you see that consistently, is the people and the quality of people here.
1: And I got to agree with that. Being you know, around Charlotte now for 24 years, uh, we moved here in 99, but you talk about the buildings, you talk about that, the, the athletic you know, facilities, the stadium, the gym, and all of that. For myself, um, now getting to talk to your students and to talk to your athletes, you know, a lot of times you can have the nice buildings and you can have the great facilities and stuff, but you don't get the product on the field. That's what impresses me so much about um, all I see here. Um, I'm going to let you guys think for just a sec. Coach, obviously, congrats. Great year. One state championship. Um, As I stood on the sideline and watched three or four of your games, what impressed me the most was um, a lot of times you can get good athletes and it goes to their head. And it seems like to me you had a very level-headed team. A group of players that were out there as a team you know you got the best quarterback in the nation yet every time i talked to him it was yes sir no sir and it was just this kind of um how proud are you of that forget the state championship per se but just hearing that from somebody who had a chance to interact with your kids it means a lot
3: hearing from you right now i mean i think that's something we strive to be we have um, a core value system seven core values the first ones i value others and that's all about being a servant leader um we we talk about that on a daily basis. We talk about you know, always reaching back. And you, you don't have a divide here. I mean, if, if you're in our program, whether you're in the seventh grade and middle school program or a senior, you're valued the same. And those the older guys are really good about the, the putting their arm around the younger guys and helping them along. And Jaden's a great example of that, And whether it's in the weight room or on the field. But there's a genuine love for each other. We talk about that. It's okay to tell a teammate, I love you. And I mean, I'm going to tell the boys I love them every day because I do. Now, part of uh, loving somebody is the responsibility to hold them accountable. Right. I think that's the thing. These kids come from really good families. It, you know, this is after tax money, it's not cheap, nobody goes free. Uh, contrary to urban legend, there's there's no merit scholarships or athletic scholarships. It's, this is a place where parents have to make a real investment in their, their child's education. And so we've got a great head start at home. So what I find is we're really reinforced with what they're already being taught. But the kids seem very receptive to that. My experience, I think when you provide structure and discipline and accountability, and you do it from a place of love, kids respond to that, and I think that's what we're seeing here at Providence in our football program.
1: Coach, we had um, Jordan on uh, the other night, a great young lady, but she mentioned leaving the legacy. I guess that's kind of your, your mantra, your theme for your team. Where did that come about? and, and, and how, did the, how did the girls take into that about leaving the legacy?
0: we talked to our seniors at the start of this year and wanted to give them some ownership our program motto is it's not about me and every year we have a new theme and this year they came up with that and obviously as seniors Jordan and Lauren said you know what what can we do a year from now three years from now ten years from now that will still that will still resonate here on campus. And obviously Jordan's been a fantastic player, uh, stuff in the stat sheet in a number of areas. Lauren just signed her her scholarship papers to Denison an hour ago, but obviously their impact goes much deeper than that. And obviously the the legacy that they've left with our freshmen, our sophomores, our juniors, this sounds funny, we had a team dinner last night and we had a baking contest. <laughs> so we, we want to be champions. Was of it court. good? they were outstanding yes we've got some all-american bakers to go with all-american basketball players but you know we want to work hard and play hard and and truly truly mean that and uh obviously those two are unbelievably special to our program now and like coaches were talking about earlier not just now you know people throw around these cliches like pd family and you know we've been so blessed we've had 15 alumni come back to watch us in the last couple weeks. They come in and talk to us before the game. They come for our play for K night, like next week when we wear the pink jerseys in honor of K Yao and try to raise finances, uh, resources for breast cancer awareness. And so it truly is that family feel. And when you have that TK to 12 campus, you have 14 years of kids in your program. I've been fortunate that I've been here 16 years, and we had a young lady, Elle Ferguson, graduate two years ago. She was in our program for 14 years. She was here at five years old in our camp all the way through and as a senior led the state of North Carolina in three-point shooting. Now, if that's not a journey, I don't know what is.
1: Coach, what about yourself? Do you guys have a Montreal a theme that you kind of have each year or is it the same yeah. one that you let
2: them pick or well yeah i think it's kind of year to year uh, with us i mean i have my own kind of personal kind of uh, things that i think that help to to build a good program and i think one of those things is um uh, kids really sacrificing for for team and um i think you know year or two here providence day um uh, still still working on that i think um it is uh, it's become more and more of a challenge i think for for kids to uh kind of buy into that you know it's about team and not about about self it's it's a, it's a challenge i think uh Nowadays, like I said, this is my 26th year of doing this, and I think um, I don't know, maybe the last uh, six or seven years has been even more of a challenge of, of that, uh, probably for a number of different reasons. But um, I, I like our group that we've got now. I think the, the kids are uh, they're young. It's a really young group of, of guys. We have uh, we got four sophomores, uh, three three freshmen, uh, three uh, three juniors, and one senior. Uh, so I like that group. I think they're they're developing. They're getting better. Um, but part of it before it even kind of hits the court, it really is about kind of the uh, – it is the culture uh, that you're trying to build uh, within your program. And that's something that we're still trying to, to, to kind of get uh, get our arms around and get kids to really understand that and, and buy into that. And like I said, it's a challenge for kids because you, you you do hold them accountable. I think if you don't do that, then I think you're um, – you're not being true to the kid and being true to to your program. So we're still still developing that. Uh, I like where we're going, um, but we still got a ways to go. I think uh, uh, I'm sitting here listening to Josh. He says, what, 16 years? He's been here. 16 years he's been here, and um, he's done some phenomenal things here. Coach, has done some great things here, too, in a short period of time. And uh, so it's one of the reasons why I came, uh, honestly, is because uh, I've had some success in other places. But at PD, I mean, the the standard is – is excellence and um, you know, trying to get our basketball boys basketball program to a place where uh, I think they've touched it before, and I want to try to get us there and be consistent about about being uh, in that place. Um, but you come here because, as a coach, you want to be around other guys who uh, coach that way, and other uh, you know women who coach that way really want excellence from their um, from their uh, from their kids, and that's kind of what we want as well.
1: Yeah, I was here Tuesday night. I think when y'all played uh, Charlotte Christian, mm-hmm. and I could just see the uh, the team mentality. That you guys had out there in a close game too yeah. Um, yeah. girls wasn't as close but hey um, but you know and i was talking to coach and, and you guys can maybe all expand on this a little bit i was talking to coach and i said you know you won by 40. how do you coach you know like you go out sometimes and you can blow people away but like i was talking a little bit before we got started when your second and third string gets in they need to play you, you don't want them to not play how difficult is that sometimes as a coach when you're up by that you want your team to succeed, you want them to grow, and you want that second or third string to get their chances. How do you walk that fine line of, you know, how, how do you coach something like that?
0: I really believe the preparation needs to be the same. I really believe that. You can't practice hard the day before the state championship and then let down your guard when you're playing a lesser opponent. And that's fighting human nature. It's fighting human nature as a coach and as a player, but when you have elite standards like these guys do, like I think we do in our program, we often say, we're competing against ourselves. Right. Let's be the best version of us, individually and collectively. And we tell our players all the time, expect to win, don't hope to win. And we don't say that arrogantly, but if you truly invest, if you truly prepare in practice, studying film, in the weight room, you should expect to be confident when you walk out on the floor on Tuesday or Friday. If you don't do those things, you haven't earned the right to be confident in the classroom or on the court. And so I just think the message we try to say is, are are we being the best version of us every possession? Whether we're up 70 to 30, or God forbid, if we're on the other end of it, 70 to 30.
1: And whether it's second or third string, I guess you got to mm-hmm.
0: roll with that. Absolutely, cool. because everybody's role matters. Everybody's role matters, and everybody's role can change from one week to the next week. And we value our, again. Our program motto is "It's not about me." And helping our our best player, and our tenth player, and twelfth player, our first assistant coach, fourth assistant coach, seventh grade assistant coach, whoever it is, understand that everybody brings something important to the table. That was a lesson I learned really, really valuable when I was a grad assistant at Ohio University. I was about the eighth assistant coach, sending fax machines and pulling out the chair for the head coach, right. and I learned some really valuable lessons then that everybody's role matters. And in successful programs, successful businesses, successful organizations, we have to celebrate everybody's role. I right. can't just say everybody's role matters.
1: How do you keep them level-headed, Coach? Like, when, you know what, when you get up big, or you know, you go out and you dominate a team, how do you keep them level-headed? I mean, we're talking about teenagers. How do you keep them kind of like, hey... You know, on a level playing field. Does that make sense? Well, you can't do it in the moment. I mean, that's right. all. It's, okay. the pro- it's the process
3: right. and the preparation and um, humility is something that I think some kids are born with it, but I think you can learn it. And I think that you know, part of our one well, of the core tenets of our program is hard work. It's competed everything, quit at nothing. Uh, our goal is to compete with class, to the highest level possible. So, kind of following what, what Josh was saying, it's just um, the, the expectation. You know, the, it, it takes what it takes. The standard is the standard. All the cliches you want, but at the end of the day, we have expectations of kids performing at a high level, doing their their dead level best, whatever that is. And you know, uh, the score really is irrelevant to, am I doing the best I possibly can? And am I playing for myself? Am I playing for my teammates? We talk about that a lot. You know, don't don't play with each other, play for each other. And when you make it about something bigger than yourself, those kind of things just take care of themselves.
1: And on the football side, um, been very successful. When we were talking the other night at the game, uh, at the basketball game, You've had a couple busy weeks here with uh, some pretty big coaches coming in. How proud are you of that? And how cool is it for the kids to see somebody like a Kirby Smart here? Yeah, it's it's been
3: um, pretty pretty amazing. I'm not gonna kid you know. the kid. <laughs> yeah, Kirby. Kirby Smart lands a helicopter. That's what in, I did. Yeah. But the other question yeah. was, I saw him on social media. Did he land it here? He did. He sure did. And, uh, <laughs> you know, with, with you know, some unique challenges, um, there was a funeral going at the church across the street. So we were <laughs> trying to time it, you know, and, and you know, they're literally the guy, his, his handlers, you know, text me. I'm like, please, you, know, you can't land on the stadium, but that's near the cemetery. Please come to the baseball field. You know, so right. they, they come swooping in and they take a big, you know, turn around. But um, that was cool, man. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun for our kids. But really what that means is they're not coming to see me. I mean, they're coming right. to see – it just says we've got some really good players. And what I love is um, – I love talking about this is, you know, we've got some guys that really have earned the old-fashioned way the success they're getting. People on the outside can say, oh, well, just a D1 kid, D1 kid. And I love to go tell their stories. Right. Jordan Shipp was a quarterback his whole life till he got here. And he became one of the most coveted receivers in the country. You know, David Sanders was a basketball player. No Sorry, <laughs> 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 That hurts because I'm sure he'd be a great one. Yeah. Right, sure. But – but he's the number one ranked prospect in the nation in his class, which never happens for a lineman. And ne- you never have two services, two four seven rivals agree on the same guy. That's right. that's unusual too. But um, you know, and you just got Brody Barnhart was a running back on a bad middle school team. Now he's one of the most coveted safeties in the in the country. Really, I mean, they're just these kids have worked and worked, and they bought into the culture. And I know exactly what Ron means. I mean, when you, when you start the first year here, and it was COVID. It's my culture, and I'm trying to force it onto them. The second year, is kind of that transition where you're starting to see it, you know, it's, it's it's give and take, but it's coming. You know, our third year, last year, I mean, the kids owned it. And, you know, the details, the attention to detail, the little things in the program that you, frankly, have to coach so much harder until that culture takes root, um, you know, it's it's actually easier. I mean, now now the kids own that. They, they take care of the details, and um, it's my job to police it and make sure I don't allow, you know, whatever you allow becomes your culture. So my job is to make sure that... You know, we're holding the standard. But, I mean, it's really cool to see kids work to earn the success and recognition. See those kids, we had seven sign. We have at least two more, maybe a third that will continue to play off of this group. And, you know, we've got some great ones coming behind them. So it's, um, it's a lot of fun and very rewarding for me to see. Again, we have three goals, not to win a game. Our goal is to win kids, compete with class at the highest possible level. and that, The third goal really is to provide a great high school experience. And for any kid that has the desire and ability to play the next level, we enable that. And so it's, we take a lot of pride in helping our kids. I can't promise them a scholarship. I can promise I can get them evaluated. Right. And, you know, they, they – they You go take, get
1: them to that spot or at least – Yeah, they, they write the story. I get right. to tell
3: it. And, yeah. you know, and you can tell I can talk a lot. So I, I spend a lot of time <laughs> talking and, and talking to coaches. And the um, the truth of it is these kids are great students. They come from great families. And their film's going to speak for itself. So if they put the preparation in to great film, it's an easy story to tell. We find places for kids to land.
1: For you, Coach, two yeah. years you've been here, you said, yep. the second mm-hmm. year. Um, you see signing day, though, and you've seen the success that. had. For mm-hmm. you as a coach, how excited are you to see signing day and to know some of the kids that you're coaching right now, where they're going to head, or mm-hmm. what the future looks like, even for the younger kids?
2: Yeah, no, it is exciting. I think it's great uh, just on this campus alone, to ju- not just uh, I think when uh, you're a basketball coach and you see field hockey players sign. If right. you're a basketball player and you see you know, kids sign in other sports, I think it's exciting exciting for the school but then also I think for kids it gives them some hope hey I can I can do that I can be that and um, uh, yeah I've been fortunate to have some kids who have played at, at high levels and uh, I think for uh, for kids I think given the opportunity to play at any level really I think that's another thing that we, we really try to impress upon kids that um, not everybody's given that opportunity whether it's division right. one two or three that you're given this chance to play at the collegiate level um, And it's exciting for, for kids I think it's not just about you know division one it's about man, being able to continue to play. Uh, at that next level, I think kids are kids get excited about, it. and um, I always uh, uh, talk to our kids, particularly the kids who say they want to play collegiately. Um, you know, I want them open to whether it's Division One, Two, and Three, and not every kid's gonna play at a Division One level. That's I think uh, being uh, being open to to that that opportunity, whatever comes uh, comes up, I think is uh, is uh, I think it's great for kids.
1: So, I always tell them college ball is college ball. Yeah, you can tell people you played college football, whether it's Division One, Two, or Three. Yeah, you played right. college lacrosse, yeah. field hockey, whatever it is. Okay, so let me ask you guys this, and um, you can pass if you'd like. But one thing that I've kind of struggled with over the last year or two has been the transfer portal. I, I, knowing that I've watched kids, and um, all three of my boys, one of them is still there, but my three kids all went to Providence High School. And I know kids at Providence who probably could have played um, at the next level, yep. but have not gotten the opportunity. I don't know that I like the transfer portal, um, and, and, and I don't know, and I'll start over here then. I, I, has it, to me, as, as a father who's, and I'm 55, and I've watched college football, and, and it's college sports forever. It's, for me, it's taken away a little bit of the purity of the game, if that makes sense. It seems to have taken away just a hair from it, and maybe taken the opportunity away from some kids who really deserve it.
3: Yeah, I don't know about the purity of the game so much. From my perspective, but it's definitely in the football world, which is still recruited out of high school. Which you know, we don't have the showcases in the tournament, it's a little difference. So it's all kind of just recruited out of high school. It has literally cut high school opportunities in half, and in some cases more. A Friend of mine took a job at Arizona State, new staff. Hey, we got to do a roster rebuild. They took a class of 24, 20 were portal kids. Wow. They took four high school kids. I mean, you go there's there's so many examples of this. The roster rebuild approach now is portal. I have coaches, you know, Mike Houston, East Carolina, who I'm a big fan of up in East Carolina, and Mike said in my office. Uh, Coach, we're going to take at least half of our, our kids out of high school every year, and I'm so I was like, oh, that's awesome. Now like, wait a minute, what am I saying? You're literally telling me you're cutting in half the number of high school kids you're going to bring in your program, which could be 12 or something well, out of like a normal class is 25. Right. So you know, not all based on numbers. You know, sometimes that, you can only take 15 in a year, so right. whatever it is. But right. you know, the, the truth is that's pretty typical right now. I mean, about half is what's available, and you start doing the math on how many kids play. And to Ron's point, everybody grows up wants to play at Clemson or Alabama or Georgia or whatever, You know, very, very few kids get that opportunity. A lot of great places that play ball that you get a great education and use ball to help you get there. And I think what I'm seen is from a football perspective, if you're a four- or five-star kid, nothing's really changed other than you're going to get paid because of the NIL stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're a three-star, everybody's getting pushed down at least one level and really two in a lot of cases. So a FCS kid is – a D3, D2 kid, yeah, you know, right. a group of five kid is an FCS kid. And it's hard to get kids to understand that. But, you know, b- between the portal and NIL, there's chaos. And then you add in, you still have two years left of the COVID seniors or whatever. Right. I mean, it's it's created some, you know, real challenges for co- co- college coaches, re- re-recruiting their own rosters. But it's certainly presented a huge challenge for high school coaches
1: trying to help kids get to the next level. Coach, yeah, basketball side, you know, uh, transfer portal. Well, what, what your thoughts
0: I would just say, in general, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And uh, I think we get so caught up in the label on somebody's shirt and is it Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA, Junior College? You have to be in the top five percent in the country to go play at any of those places. Right. And I think sometimes you walk down the hallway at school, this school or any other school, and it's every other guy is going to go play college basketball. Every other guy is going to go play college football every other lady's here go play college basketball it is hard to play at the college level anywhere so it's a major accomplishment now to your point I think last year there were twelve or thirteen hundred young ladies in the transfer portal and I've asked a lot of college coaches over the last few months and spoke to a couple D1 coaches last weekend and they said Josh for 10 percent of the kids it's the right thing but we can all do the math and say what that says for the rest right and so unfortunately and sometimes kids are at a bad place a bad situation didn't have my academic major that coach didn't recruit me it's not a good fit for style of play and so for some it it is the right move but for some unfortunately and i don't really think it matters what sport is when i hit adversity let me turn and run and i get concerned about that as a dad and as a husband and as a teacher and a coach all four of us are going to face adversity today and tomorrow and this weekend small things large things and so how do we teach kids to develop grit right handle adversity positive mistake response for me personally it's lean on the Lord lean on my family lean on my friends and then find a way to be better and learn and grow from that situation but uh, I think it, it you mentioned it earlier we're going through the handshake line and it's, hey, Coach Springer sent a message by putting you on the bench, and this coach says, hey, I'll call you at 5 o'clock today, see you on campus Saturday. Right. That's really hard to teach big picture lessons for kids. And in the football field's our classroom. The basketball court's our classroom for teaching these kids life lessons. And I know that's the most cliche saying in the world, but it's the honest-to-God truth. Right. So do we have those opportunities to teach those things for discipline, accountability? Team building, truly understanding—it's not about me, or do we run away from it the second someone holds me accountable? Right, coach. Thoughts?
2: Yeah, transfer portal. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's been been really, really challenging. I think for for kids. Um, I think uh, if you're a high school kid and you are hoping to play at the, the next level and you don't sign in November, I just think uh, come March in the spring it's gonna be really, really difficult for you to, to do that. Um, I've watched kids who I think could play at the next level, um, not know where they're going until June, um, just because they're waiting for those schools who are so involved now with transport portal kids that um, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge for kids. It really is, it's kind of sad really, because uh, I think in the past where kids, um, the kids sometimes wait until the spring because you know, I'm gonna have a good season, have a strong season. I don't think that matters as much anymore to uh to college coaches. Um and again it's not there's college coaches' fault, it's just the way that it is now and right. that uh they are, you know, do I take a twenty two year old kind of seasoned, you know, division one a veteran. player, <laughs> yeah, better kid. Yeah, do yeah. I take that or do I take a, you know, seventeen, eighteen year old who I'm still not sure how he's gonna versus a proven, you know, product. So uh, it's it's it is um it works out for some kids i think at the uh, kids who are transferring you know finding those schools to go to but i think for high school kids it's it's a tough deal it really is it's hard to sometimes explain that to kids and also their their, their parents because they are thinking that you know my kid's gonna gonna go somewhere right, right. He, he might he might have to wait <laughs> he might have to wait a little while so
1: and at the end of the day too did you wanna... can, yeah, can i have yeah, one sure. more thing yeah, Jeff? Just no, this,
0: this was a good perspective last week and somebody said to me i can sign a high school kid no matter how good they are or aren't, and I'm worried every day if they're going to leave. If they average 25 a game, I'm worried about them leaving. If they average 2 a game, I'm worried about them leaving. Or I can sign a transfer kid and know that I'm going to get them for 3 years because they already transferred once. So So the chances of them transferring the second time, if they transfer again, now they have to sit a year. And that was great perspective to me because (laughs) why do I want a freshman that's 18 when I can get a 19- or 20-year-old and know I've gotten, them for three years, as opposed to if they get 25 a game, they're transferring up. If they get two a game or sit the bench, they're leaving and going home.
1: Right. And, you know, I, I go back and think about, you know, not only the, the, the high school players, but the players who were recruited by a coach or something, that coach leaves. And I'm going back to, you know, what Deion Sanders said when he walked in. He was like, I'm bringing my dogs with me. <laughs> yeah, and, right. I mean, and look at how many kids now have, you know, up their, you know, college career, where they thought they were going to spend four years, and now they're going somewhere else, and it gets kind of crazy. Um, so we'll end it with this, and um, it's just kind of another subject, but I'd love to have the, the perspective of coaches. Um, more and more states now, we're looking at the NIL for high school students. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that? And For me, I think, you know, I, I get it, but I also think their are high school kids, you know, where's the, where's the leadership in it? Where's somebody mentoring them, helping them through that situation?
3: Yeah, that problem exists in college. I'm sorry, I don't mean. No, but, no, go, no, but yeah. But I don't, I don't care what. I mean, well, if you're a college kid, Some of these college kids are getting. They don't understand how to pay taxes on this. Right. They don't. They don't have a really what you know is done. There's good. There's good. No, right, sure. Kids deserve a piece of this giant TV money pie. Right? I agree. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's. Uh, you know, I don't. Do basketball, but uh, but you know the basketball um, downside of recruiting I always heard was they get handlers involved. They got these A.U. guys that try to get in the middle of the process or lead the process with their hands greased or whatever. NIL has basically forced a family that's not looking to have somebody. They said, hey, bring somebody to the table because here's a contract. Was well, a parent responsibly? You're going to have your child sign a contract without somebody educated in what that contract language is and what could be and should be. You know, and I think it's – you know—you sign an uh, a NLI, you're ne- you're, what happened today, those aren't negotiable contracts. I mean, that just kind of is what it, this That's what it is, right? NIL is completely negotiable. Right. And if you're going to do right by your son or daughter, you kind of want to have that thing reviewed by a professional. You know, what so they're looking sure. at and what, what the terms are and what the consequences are and what are exclusivity issues are not. I, I think when you talk about high school kids, some states – don't allow it. California is one that does. Right. I think it introduces a whole different level of complexity and issues with kids. And I think the real issue with NIL for me is, it isn't kids getting paid, but at any level it's how do you manage your team culture and what does it do to the locker room and what does it do to you know, the, the team before me, yeah, me you know, that kind of thing. I, I think that's where there's going to be a real challenge.
1: I mean, when we, I used the word earlier, and maybe not as much with the, the poor, but p- the purity of the game. That 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 the, part the, I agree. Purity yeah, that, that, now
3: purity, I'm with you. Okay, got it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that
2: that is exactly it. That the whole time I'm listening, to you, that that is exactly it for me. I think um, I think it really is disrupt, disrupted to your your locker room, to your, right. your culture. I think sure. you've got a kid who is getting X amount of dollars in this you know this uh, agreement that he signed, and uh, some other kid who thinks hey, I'm just as good, and uh, and you've got you, know, you hope that it doesn't disturb the or disrupt the the character of that kid, but it may, and then. You know, that kid's coming in he's got this and he's got that he's flashing these things and other kids kind of want that and so no longer is your focus on like team goals and team um, uh you know things that are important to team and, and having that kind of success it's like I want what he's got and right. hey, if he's got that I want that and as a coach you start managing things that really uh, you didn't have to before and um, so I, I I I'm not a fan uh, of it um I think at the uh Collegiate level, I think the kids needed maybe to to get something. Um, I think there was a rush to um, let's just let's, let's just do this so right. the kids have something because it's such a it was such a push for uh, for things to happen. But I I just don't think the NCAA's got their hands really around the whole thing, their arms around it. I just don't think they're the full picture. Yeah, I just yeah. don't I don't I don't see it. I just think um, it's um, it, it's already gotten
0: a little bit out of control. Whack. yeah, coach. Yeah, I would just piggyback what Ron said. It, it seems like it's the wild, wild west right now, and I don't know how you bring the wild, wild west back in once once it's already been out there. Obviously, there's money to be had in women's basketball. Full disclosure, it's not nearly what there is in men's basketball and in football, um, and so I agree that, you know, I remember when a couple of our student-athletes were getting recruited even a few years ago, it was, hey, are they going to get a cost-of-living stipend? And that was a huge deal that the kids were going to get a cost of living stipend and it was this much at school x and school y and school z and now it's literally everybody negotiating on their own and i agree with what both of these guys said in a team sport where you're trying to preach selflessness where you're trying to preach sacrifices i just think it's incredibly difficult if let's say Ron's the starting point guard, and I'm the hot shot point guard that just gets signed. Ron has a $100 car wash deal, and they offer me $2 million to come in. That becomes pretty difficult in the right. locker room. Well, Guys,
1: coach, congratulations on the state championship. Thank you. Thank you for your time. You. To you guys, best of luck the rest of the we season. I know you conference play. Get to the tournaments, get to the playoffs, see what happens there. And thank you for what you do for our kids, uh, for our community. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Make sure you check out Providence Day and all the good stuff they got going on there. And thank you for watching this entire time. Make sure you subscribe, comment, like, whatever you do with your social media and uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, we'll see you soon.
0: Here at the Downer Law Firm, we have over 40 years of experience handling personal injury claims such as car accidents, truck accidents, workers' compensation, even wrongful death. So if you're injured, give us a call, we've got you covered.